Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Voice of My Beloved Podcast. We're back here to hear part two of Jesse's testimony. Last week, we heard about just the journey he went through of coming out of depression, coming out of loneliness. And, and, just, and so this podcast, we're going to hear more of that. We're going to get to the, uh, the bright part, the happy part of that. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good. But uh, before we jump into that, I just want to mention, we've got three days of prayer and fasting coming up. If you're a guy out there listening to this podcast, you want to spend three days Come out to our campus. We're going to be having a great time. Uh, every year we've done this for the past four years or so. And uh, last year we had around 30 guys, I believe, that came out. And it was just so powerful. Uh, whenever guys get together to fast and pray, it's just a great reset, great time of fellowship, and just really pressing in. What we do is actually have a, have a board up, and we go 24-7 uh, from the start on Thursday night. Uh, so it's February 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Where we start Thursday night and then break the fast on Sunday night. But last year we had a board and we just went 24-7 around the clock, just praying through the night, praying in the day. And, and it was just so good, so good. So if you want to come out for that, you're welcome. Uh, that's going to be a free event. And so it's, uh, it's going to be really powerful. Uh, other thing I want to mention is the Harpen Farm program coming up. So last year we had about 11 students come through. Uh, Jesse Brower that's on with me today, he was one of them. And uh, really, really were blessed by, by uh, his being a part of that program. But uh, that's, it's going to be a, a great time. We had a great time last year uh, just really pressing into learning an instrument, uh, singing together, singing the word together, and, and also farming, uh, regenerative farming, leaving the land better than we found. It's so important to have a vision of stewarding the land that God has given us. Psalm 115 talks about uh, the earth he has given to the children of men. Wow, what a gift. This beautiful creation, God's given this to us. We need to learn how to take care of it, how to steward it. And so if that's on your heart to learn about worship and land stewardship, then uh, we're starting the Harp and Farm program coming up April 1st. And so reach out to us. Uh, you can call me or uh, you reach out on the website. But um, yeah, let us know. Let us know if you're interested. So here we go. Uh, part two. We're going to take off where we left off with Jesse. So welcome back, Jesse. All right. Thank you, Braden. Um, yeah, so I eventually made it to Missouri for the Harp and Farm program um, towards the end of May, and they, they finally let me through. And I remember my parents dropped me off at the airport in Buffalo to make my way down here, and I just remember I just started weeping when I got into the airport and just felt so many different emotions. You know, I was finally coming, and I was away from my family and just had to navigate this on my own, the, the travel and everything, and... Um, that's a big part of depression as well as, is everything gets so enlarged in your, your perspective and your perceptions are, are flawed. Um, everything's exaggerated in your mind. Everything's exaggerated. Yeah. yeah. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. So I, I made it down here and, um, it was definitely a, a challenge at first. I, I had some sickness I was dealing with and had to go to the hospital and officially join the program, um, towards the end of May. And I remember just the, the difficulties of being immersed into the program two months in because the other interns had already been here for a couple months and they were well versed with how things went and the structure of the program. And I was just kind of jumping in. And so it was, it was definitely difficult at first, but the whole team and all the interns and the staff were so gracious with me and, and patient. And it was just a, a good change of pace for me. Um, I remember still just really struggling to be honest with people here at the program, mm. um, even even Braden here. And just, um, yeah, the lies of the enemy are powerful, and he can lead you to believe that people will think of you differently if you open up and, right. and become honest with them. 
Could I ask too, Jesse, just a curiosity. I, I know a lot of my upbringing was, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, get, you know, reality check. That kind, t- tell me when you're going through that kind of mental kind of breakdown, is that that kind of language is not really what you need in that point is that am i correct on that yeah yeah that's not helpful um <laughs> you need more of a compassion yep. more of like you know, I'm, I'm here with you yep. you know uh and and i think that's it's good for us to hear these stories because i think you know sometime in our life we're going to be faced with needing to minister to somebody that's going through what jesse's described and having the tools in our tool belt to know that you know maybe the way that we would want to be related to if you know we because I think we sometimes superimpose ourselves, you know, with you know if we if we're if we see somebody going through that, and we you know I I would think you know yeah you know grab me shake me up you know and, and but it's hard to relate sometimes yeah but I think you know for someone as I'm hearing you tell this I think we should have a compassion and really seek to show the tenderness of Yeshua uh, to people because that's what his heart was right he had mm-hmm. compassion on people that were really struggling the brokenhearted. And yeah. so I think that, um, that's, that's a good takeaway for me personally is, you know, when I see somebody going through these type of things to really pray, God, give me your heart for this person mm-hmm. and, and to have a compassion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of people that will give you advice and they, they mean well mm-hmm. and they, they want to help, but, um, often they, they just don't understand the struggle. And so maybe things that they say are not taken very well. So to tell someone who's depressed um, that they need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, they don't even have the energy to do that. And everything is overwhelming. Yeah, everything's even to say that to them would, would come across as hurtful. Right. <clears throat> and so I think just really um, having a listening ear and just listening to the person who's struggling and trying to understand what they're grappling with so that you can better help them and and not just your first instinctive responses because often those are not always very well thought out right um yeah and, and you experience that some just uh, people well-meaning people yeah but it, it comes it's not helping you get through it yeah basically yeah yeah there was a good mix of that i think um a lot of people were just really trying to walk alongside me and doing what they could but not not all that was helpful mm-hmm. um so yeah when i got here to the program um i really wanted to learn guitar and I remember the first time Boaz, one of the staff here, we jumped into a music lesson and he gave me a guitar and told me to um, start strumming and try to figure out some chords. And I had never really done guitar before and all the other students were already playing songs. So uh-huh. I just was so hard on myself and could not remember anything and could not even remember some basic chords and just um, couldn't believe how, how bad my memory was. So that was really hard. I remember just getting so angry at myself and just wanting to to run away from the dining hall and just scream. And <laughs> it was terrible. I remember one time during dinner, I was just so upset and I was saying like, you know what, I just need a breather. And I just went for a walk and, um, you know, the, the interns were so gracious. I I wanted to to be transparent with all of them, but because I didn't know all of them super well, I didn't feel like I could be, be that open quite yet. And I eventually did tell my roommates I was living with, um, Caleb and Aaron, what I was going through when they were so patient. Um, I just remember it was so hard for me to remember information and to really get a lot out of the program. And so, um, and also electric fences are not my friend. <laughs> we, we had to set up um, new paddocks for the, the cows every other morning. And that involved um, a spool of, of, of cow fencing wire and... One morning, I think I probably got buzzed 10 times and the whole campus could probably hear me scream. 
And it was now, now don't fear those that are considering coming to the program because I don't think that was everybody's experience. <laughs> no, right? no, those that's an experience for someone who has no farming experience. So I, I learned how to how to navigate that and Braden said, you know, Jesse, you can actually just turn all the wires off. <laughs> but I think the Waller children got a good kick out of my reactions there. Um, but yeah, the, the program was really great. I, I learned a lot. I was able to really um, open up to some of the staff. And the, the worship watches were such uh, an encouraging way to start and end the day. And just having the fellowship here with the families at the campus was such a blessing. And towards the, the end of the, my time here, um, Braden asked me if I had been um, baptized as a believer by immersion. And this was on the forefront of my mind. Um, baptism was a conviction I was wrestling with because just for context, I was um, sprinkled as an infant in a Dutch Reformed church growing up and by my parents, um, and I, I love and respect them for that, and I'm thankful that they, they did that before God with, with a clear conscience, but I just was really wrestling with um, where I stood on baptism, and people challenged me um, on how I could defend it biblically, and um, so Braden had asked me, and that kind of gave a bit more of a nudge, so then he also gave me a book to read um, called Christian Foundations by Derek Prince, and there were about four chapters dedicated to the topic of baptism in that book. So towards the end of my time here um, at the internship, I took some time to study those those chapters and just really have um, time away from um, my, my church context and just all the different pressures at, um, back in Ontario and just be able to really seek the truth and seek the Spirit's guidance on um, if I should be baptized by immersion. And so I, I came to that conviction and... Um, it was a bit last minute, but Braden um, ended up baptizing me at the Francis River here about 10 minutes from the base on the day that I left. So right. it was a bit of a whirlwind. I, I was able to write up a testimony the night before and was just really excited and nervous. And I remember, um, I think it was June 26th was the day I got baptized. We were driving to the river and I looked behind me and there was just this whole trail of vehicles coming out to to witness this milestone in my journey. And it was such uh, an emotional moment. And I was so thankful for all the support I had at this campus. And so I was able to share my testimony and get baptized. Um, Braden baptized me. And that was such a privilege. And that was really a big breakthrough moment in that, that whole journey of depression. Um, and really just a blow to the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, just declaring to him that I, I belong to Christ. Mm-hmm. And that I'm um, seeking to die to myself and live a life of righteousness in him. And do that through the the waters of baptism, mm-hmm. and so that was uh, really powerful. And I could just I could say to the devil, you know, my identity is in Christ, and your your lies were way too loud. And now I'm going to fight back with the voice of truth. And I remember during that week, most of my depressive symptoms just left overnight. Wow! You know the you feel, the negative you felt a dramatic difference the day after. Yeah, wow. yeah. The day after the baptism, um, the you know the negative self talk, the, the low self-esteem, the just being really hard on myself, a lot of that left overnight. And I think I really tie that back to to the baptism. And wow. God did a powerful work that day. And it was a day of victory. Wow. And that's one thing he's taught me is that as his children, we can live as victors. Right. Yeah. What do you think, I just trying to break this down for our listeners, what do you think the power of that is? Is it that, you know, we can strive so much in our own strength, right? And to, you know, try to fight. But the, as you were mentioning, you just felt powerless Mm -hmm. but then when we take on the this you know because romans even talks about that right so it's like you know we 
taking on Christ through the water. It's like we're putting on this new man, and and this new man is is Him. It's it's Yeshua in us, right? That doesn't. There's no there's no match really. Like the devil, he's no match for Yeshua in you, for Jesus in you. And so I I think that that's the power of it, right? Because like you're you're basically saying you're coming to the end of yourself. You're saying, I don't have the strength to resist this anymore, but Christ in me is the hope of glory. I, I'm, I'm looking to him to, to basically fight this battle for me. Yep. Is that, Amen. would you say that's kind of the, the power of, of baptism and that mm-hmm. basically this new start, I yeah. heard one person say the bat waters of baptism is like a gravestone. You know, it's like that, you know, I can, I can look back to that point of baptism and go, the old man died there. I've got a gravestone that's, you know, that that how would you say it that landmark you might say that mm-hmm. that milestone of i put on a new a new person a new identity in that in that dying to the old rising to the new yeah yeah that's a helpful way of putting it um it was just a, a declaration of a victory and um that that takes time to fully put on you know the christian life is a a lifelong journey and sanctification um takes time and so I'm still learning what it means to, to put off the old man and to put on Christ. But now I can look back to this this baptism and remember that it was really a fresh start and the start of my journey of healing. Right. Um, and so that was a really, really special time. Um, and on that note, I just wanted to share a few encouraging scriptures for those who can maybe latch on to different parts of my story here on the podcast today. And a lot of them are taken from Proverbs and as I was recently reading through Proverbs, I really saw a lot of connections between um, the our countenance and and our, how we look on the outside and how that relates to how we're doing spiritually mm. and how God has made us um, holistically, you know, mind, body, and spirit, and we're, we're called to love God with, with all of that. And so the, the healing process, I really think, needs to be looked at holistically and to look at all those different elements and how they might be lacking and how they interfere with each other. And so a few verses I wanted to share from Proverbs. Um, One of them is Proverbs 12, verse 25. And this says, Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes it glad. Mm. And that was, I can really testify to that. Um, Anxiety is, I think, something that every Christian wrestles with in the the Christian life. And it can be a, a natural response when we feel threatened or we have concerns about the future. And, um, I just remember I had one phone call with a friend of mine, um, a couple months into this journey of depression and I just said to him, you know, I'm, I'm so anxious and I know he had struggled with this himself so he could relate. And he just said, you know, Jesse, it, it will be okay. And he said, you can put your hope in the Lord. And he didn't necessarily have this long theological flowery answer for me, but I just needed to hear that. And I just had this peace mm. that, um, in the end, God, God would work things out for my good and his glory. Mm. And unfortunately, I, I only believed that for a short time before things got worse. Um, but that was just really helpful to have a friend say that. And then also, I like the analogy of, um, you know, what, what do we do with anxiety when, when it comes? Um, do, we, do we take it on the main street and direct it up to God? Or do we take a left and go down a cul-de-sac? I don't know if they have those here in Patterson. Um, yeah, I think people know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I call this act where you're just spinning in, in spirals and that anxiety is just staying in your head and not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so the Psalms, they tell us to pour out our hearts before God because he is a refuge for us. Right. And that makes me think of, you know, maybe um, some of you have a purse that you carry around 
And once in a while, maybe you want to you wanna purge that purse. So you dump everything out on the table and all sorts of things come out. You know, maybe some old lotions or some broken pens or your wallet or, or candies. And that's just such a helpful word picture that when we come before God, he already knows about our baggage. Right. And we can lay it all before him. Um, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And we can be transparent with him. And he is a refuge for us. And so that's that's one of the scriptures I wanted to share. Another one is... Proverbs 14, verse 13a says, even in laughter, the heart may ache. Mm. And that was so true for me. Um, I, I love to laugh. And when I was depressed, I really had to put on this act of, of laughing um, because other people around me were doing that. And But behind that that facade and that joy on the outward appearance, um, there was layers of heartache and, and hurt and pain. And um, yeah, so there's, there's mixed emotions and also just going back a little bit, I remember before before I got baptized, um, I really wasn't doing well one night. I had a really bad headache and was trying different things to bring relief. And Braden came and he talked to me. And this reminds me of a verse from Proverbs 20, verse 5. It says, The purpose in a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And so Braden just said, um, you know, Jesse, um, you're experiencing these symptoms, but but what's really going on? What do you need to confess? Who do you need to forgive? What baggage do you need to just unload at the cross? And so that was just really, I think, the start of the healing was just really releasing some baggage and forgiving people that have hurt me in the past, um, confessing sin that I had not brought before the Lord for months um, that had just festered over time, and just really being honest before the Lord and just telling Him my heart and then got baptized a few days later. And so that was um, also a really special time. And then Proverbs 14, verse 30 says, a tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Mm. And that also proved very true from my own experience. Um, I, I really struggled with envy during that six month period of seeing so many friends around me who were you know, either already married or had children or had a home or were just farther along in life than I was. And that just made me feel like I was so far behind and so much less than they were. And that just took my attention to dangerous places. And I felt so small. Um, and that, that really made uh, me feel like I was rotting away. Mm. Um, and then another scripture is Proverbs 15, verse 13. It says, A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is crushed. Um, and that, that was so true for me. Um, a glad heart really does come out in, in your countenance mm-hmm. and in the radiance of your, your face and the joy that people can see. But when you're experiencing sorrow, your, your spirit is crushed and people can sense that. Mm-hmm. I remember one, one friend knew that I was, was off because she could see that my eyes look different. Mm-hmm. And so we can, we can see it in people's faces. Um, you know, David says in Psalm 42, why you cast down on my soul and why you despised within me hope in God for I shall again praise him for he is the help of my countenance. Mm. And that's probably my favorite verse in all the Psalms wow. because it gives us room to ask why. Why are we depressed? Why are we in despair? But then we're, we're called to hope in God mm. and to turn our gaze upwards. Mm. And another another proverb is um, Proverbs 18, verse 14. It says, A man's spirit will endure sickness, but a crushed spirit who can bear? And, you know, maybe some of you can relate to this if you're um, struggling physically with, with sickness and if you try to just stay positive and optimistic and hang around positive people that can really help you on your road to recovery. Mm-hmm. But if your very spirit is crushed, mm-hmm. then um, 
then you really do need help um, intervention because your your healing mechanism is is broken and needs repair. And so that that's another verse I wanted to share. Um, and then Psalm 34 verse 18 says, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. Um, so the Lord is, is not just here, but he's, he's near. Mm-hmm. Even when, um, when it feels foggy and we, we don't sense his nearness, he promises that we are so safe in the Father's grip and no one can snatch us from his hand. And Amen. that's such a powerful truth. And I just want to share some words of advice to those who may be struggling, just some more practical tips. Um, another verse in Proverbs says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire and he breaks out against all sound judgment. And so my my challenge there would be don't go it alone. Right. Um, you know, isolation, if you're isolating like I was, then people really don't have the opportunity to know how you're actually doing. Mm-hmm. And your your thoughts just keep keep spiraling, you keep descending, and you're you're seeking your own desire. You're not reaching out. And you break out against sound judgment because you're just in your, your own cloud. Mm-hmm. And that can be a very dangerous place to be. And, you know, scripture tells us to, to bear one another's burdens and to fulfill the law of Christ by doing that and just allowing other brothers and sisters to shoulder some of the weight of our suffering right? Um, and to just be a, a voice of hope mm-hmm. and just also really encourage people to um, cultivate a spirit of humility to ask for help mm-hmm. and to, to have the humility to actually receive that help mm-hmm. and to come to a point where you're at the end of yourself and you, you say, I, I cannot heal on my own. I need the Lord to step in and I need him to intervene through through other people as well. And, and you know, if you're struggling to to stay in, in prayer and reading the word, I just encourage you to, to just take small portions, um, whether that's a few verses from a psalm mm-hmm. or maybe um, a parable from the gospels. Don't, don't set unrealistic expectations because you're just going to set yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. And that will just cultivate that, that cycle of negativity again. And if, if your head is in it, um, hopefully your heart will eventually follow. Yeah. And um, you're speaking yeah. mainly to kind of the condition that you felt like yeah. you were part of the reason why you didn't want to open the Bible probably is because you're like, I haven't opened the Bible. You know, I, I my heart hasn't been in it. So I'm mm-hmm. just like, um, felt that, fake. Yeah. yeah. But you are signed up for the Bible challenge. I heard. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so. Yeah. A plug in for that too. <laughs> um, there's yeah. A challenge that, um, Braden's brother Mac is putting together, yeah. um, to read the Bible in a year. It's, yeah. I just want to mention that it is uh, started off this year. I think, you know, I'd encourage you to look at it, uh, but it's a powerful thing. Just people trying to read through the Bible in a year, uh, but it's called Radically Righteous. And so if you want to look into that. So I think it, your encouragement is, yes, get into the word, but don't allow it to be a, a condemning thing. Mm-hmm. You know, is yep. allow it to be something that, you know, is, is feeding your soul, which is, is what's, that's what the word does. Yep. But I yeah. think you had such high expectations for yourself that it was almost like this, the enemy was using that to, to beat you up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. He was, um, another word of advice is to look at your, your lifestyle. Mm. Um, as I was saying before, um, we're, we're complicated and God has wired us, um, in so many different ways. And so when you're looking at, um, you know, if you're thinking, how am I going to start healing? Maybe take a look at um, your, your sleep patterns. Are you, are you getting eight to 10 hours of rest every night? Um, rest is so important for the recovery of the brain. And that's when so much healing happens in our sleep. Mm. Um, so look at your, your rest habits, um, your, your diet, you know, what, what kind of foods are you taking in that will feed your brain? Mm-hmm. Um, and staying away from sugar really, really helps with that. And also, um, yeah, looking at your, your exercise routines, even if it's just something small, going for a, a fast walk every day and just getting that, that blood flowing 
and just setting realistic expectations for yourself and really um, looking at, at your, your rhythms in life. Um, it's so important to, to have rhythms and routines so our, our mind has predictability mm. with, with how we go about our day. We, we see that even with children, right? Yeah. Children are... They, they thrive on somewhat of a routine. Yeah. And so yeah, we're structure. similar. Right? We, we need that, that routine in our lives to just, yeah. you know, know not that it's always going to be the same, but just to have, I think it's, it's, it's smart really just to have those basic uh, things that we're living. Yeah. Yeah. And another encouragement would be Lamentations 3.22 says, for he does not afflict from his heart or grieve the children of man. And I think this can often be a, a flawed perception when we're struggling with depression is we think that God is, is punishing us for something we've done and that he's just out to get us. Right. But that, that is not the heart of Yeshua. Mm-hmm. He, um, our very, our burdens qualify us to come mm-hmm. and he's, he's gentle and lowly in heart. And he right. says, come to me and find rest and lay your burdens on me. And, um, he's, he's not out to, to destroy us. He, he might bring us through a valley to refine us and teach us some hard lessons, but the end result is that he wants to refine us and purify us and make us, more like Christ and also make us more empathetic towards those who are suffering. Right. Um, so that's another scripture I wanted to share. Um, just that, that Christ is gentle and lowly and we don't need to um, get our act together before we approach him. Mm-hmm. And um, I just wanted to share a couple quotes that, that dear friends of mine sent in this, this season of suffering. One is by Elizabeth Elliot mm-hmm. and she was a very uh, wise woman of God. And she says, Obviously, God has chosen to leave certain questions unanswered and certain problems without any solution in this life in order that in our very struggle to answer and solve, we may be shoved back and back and eternally back to the contemplation of himself and to completely trust in who he is. Mm. Um, So that's just an encouragement to realize that we're not always going to get all the answers that we're looking for. Right. But let those those questions drive you to know Christ more. Mm Mm-hmm. And then this is a really good one by a man named Brian Chapel. He says, I do not stop being a child of God because I am a problem child. <laughs> and this was really, really profound for me. Um, you know, we're, we're not perfect children. We, we wander and we, our hearts are prone to, to wander and go off the course. But that doesn't, that doesn't take away our identity as God's children. Mm. And so just to... Um, to not be so hard on ourselves where we think that we are no longer in the family of God because we've messed up. Mm. And I just wanted to also read a a little poem by an author named Martha Snell Nicholson, and it's called The Thorn. And a friend sent this to me a couple months into my journey of depression. And it says, I stood as a beggar of God before his royal throne and asked him for one priceless gift, which I could call my own. I took the gift from out of his hand, but as I would depart, I cried, But Lord, this is a thorn, and it has pierced my heart. This is a strange, a hurtful gift, which thou hast given me. He said, my child, I give good gifts and gave my best to thee. I took it home and thought at first the cruel thorn um, was sore. As long years passed, I learned at last to love it more and more. I learned he never gives a thorn without this added grace. He takes the thorn to pin aside the veil which hides his face. Mm. And then she went on to say, Jesse, I am thankful for your call. Know that you will be prayed for. And as I said, our door is always open. Don't do this journey on your own. We are all in it together. And that was such a big encouragement to me. Um, and that can be such a help if you're walking along somebody who's struggling just to, to make yourself available. Mm-hmm. Um, to say, 
if you if you want to call, I'll I'll do my best to be here for you, mm-hmm. and to to just let them know that they they don't need to go it alone and they don't have to, and that can just be such a burden lifted that you don't have to suffer alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think any of us really do deep down. We need people to to help us in that journey, and so that that's just kind of a recap of my journey with depression. Um, but towards um, and towards the beginning of the summertime, I contracted uh, Lyme disease from a tick bite. And that was um, another another dip. Um, and by God's grace, the, the depression had just lifted. And then I found out that I needed treatment for Lyme disease from a tick bite that I had received. And so I'm thankful that God didn't allow me to suffer with both of those things at once because that, right. I think, would have been too heavy to bear. And so I um, started getting all these symptoms and then met with different doctors and ended up seeing a naturopathic doctor who really helped me with some natural treatments. And I was able to, to fight it about five weeks after the tick bite. And now praise, praise God, I'm probably 95% back to normal and still continuing some different treatments and hoping to go back to school in January for, for ministry work. And I think through the season of sickness and suffering, the Lord has made me just more empathetic towards others who are also suffering. And he's really taught me to to slow down and to live a more grace-paced lifestyle and to not always rush to the next thing or think about tomorrow, but to seek to be present in the moment where he's placed me, um, to be intentional in my relationships, to really invest in people and build them up, and also to just look at my priorities and what I'm filling my time with. And so the, the sickness over the summer, I, I couldn't work. That just really gave time for me to slow down. Mm. And the Lord has brought recovery and he's built me up and made me stronger in him. And um, he's He's really helped me to grow. This year has really been a year of growth. So I'm beyond thankful for that. So good to hear your story, Jesse. I pray that you all are blessed out there. And uh, yeah, those thorns in life, I think we can all point to something that we, you know, we're like, why? You know, why we get, you know, Jesse mentioned that, you know, the psalm that says, why am I downcast? Uh, I know in my own life, I can look at certain situations and go, why? You know, I could be, I could be so much more effective if it wasn't for this thing. And I think we all could point to something like that. And uh, I think it's our general human nature, you know, even from Adam and Eve, it's like, we want to blame something else. We want to blame somebody else for why we're not, you know, doing what we, what we're supposed to do. Uh, but I, I think it's important that we we recognize that God He works despite, or He works actually sometimes I think because of those difficult situations that we have. Like Jesse was saying, we're we're able to be empathetic with people that you know are going through similar hardships, and it's just important to to realize that. And it gives us, I, I just find this perspective of you know not being a victim. You know that we're not just victims of our circumstance but we can be thankful. We can say, thank you, God, even for the hard things, right? You know, um, as David said, this is one of my, uh, one passage just really stands out to me. It's just, it's so countercultural. So what I would call anti-woke, um, David says, it's good for me that I've been afflicted. I mean, can we say that? Can we encourage people to have that kind of perspective on their trials? You know, it, it's actually been good for me. Mm-hmm. It's good for me that I've been afflicted. And I think it's so important that we remember that and we know we just remember that God has a purpose in in whatever trials, whatever thorns are in our life. We want to be overcomers. We want to seek victory, as Jesse has shared. You know, he got victory over these things. That's what we want to pray for people. We want to see people walk in those. We don't want to 
own them. You know, it's like, you know, I've got to just hold on to this, you know, cuddle it up. We want to overcome those things, uh, especially when it's the enemy, you know, speaking lies into our life. But for those things that we can't change, just to realize, you know, God, God's working a good plan. And so I pray all of you out there encouraged. Really appreciate you being on the podcast today, Jesse. And I pray you're blessed out there, that God would give you the grace to overcome whatever obstacles are in your life. And uh, yes, God bless you all. This is the voice of my beloved podcast, where we believe that hearing and, uh, and following the voice of the bridegroom king leads to the most abundant and joy-filled life. Yeah, thank you, Braden. <laughs>